All right, so this week, I guess this is a week two of our official rebranding to the Revisiting Podcast. So last week, we revisited All in the Family, and we found out uh, through basic Wikipedia research that there's a, a British show that All in the Family wasn't a direct remake, but it was very closely inspired by a British show called Till Death Us Do Part. And uh, looking through my stuff, it turns out somebody on YouTube actually recommended this show sometime last year. So whenever someone does that, I, I keep a little tally. So this was in my to get to eventually list. So that would have been kind of interesting. Like we came in through All in the Family, but had I gotten to it on that list, we would have watched Till Death Do Us Part first and then saw that it was related to All in the Family and gone mm. that way. There's something about it. I don't know if it's my memory or, or just because we talked about it, but I, I'm thinking uh, maybe I know about this from somewhere before. Yeah. But I'll have to wait until I see it to to see if that's true. And I think we have, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like in Canada we do seem like we have a little more of a British crossover. I mean, it just stands to reason, right, that we would probably, I assume we had more British TV on our airwaves than, say, America did, probably, right? So Probably originally, but um, the public broadcasting state uh, stations in the United States really picked up on a lot of that British television. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess we did get MPBN, right? The yeah. main public broadcasting, <laughs> even yeah. though we're Canadian, but Maine is near us. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, so this show, in a weird way, I kind of didn't research it a ton because it is extremely similar from what I looked into to the All in the Family scenario. So I feel like it's probably, if anyone dipped into this episode, it's worth it to go back to last episode and listen to our All in the Family talk because the this came out first. This came out in uh, 1965. But the, you know, the whole social scenario of All in the Family is basically identical here. It's a somewhat bigoted British guy and his, uh, I guess his wife is more combative in this British one where Edith was pretty much just went along with Archie. But then, you know, he's got the daughter who's more progressive and then the daughter's uh, fiance who's this no good liberal <laughs> and uh, just extremely similar to All in the Family. So it, it felt a little bit like uh, for me to just regurgitate all that stuff. <laughs> it's like we already talked about it last week. We're just getting the British version of it this week. So this show, it aired on BBC One, Till Death Us Do Part, from 1965 to 1975, and then returned in 1981, and then they made a sequel show called In Sickness and in Health from 1985 until 1992. So this wow. thing ran like crazy uh, for, <laughs> for a British show. Of course, though, it wasn't, it was British seasons, you know, so the way they do their series is more, are much smaller, so the overall number of episodes is still less than All in the Family, but... But yeah, it was a, yet another case of, I mean, this happens quite often, these things that probably every British person of a certain age and maybe of any age probably knows this show and knows all the actors and knows all the characters. Not us, though. <laughs> but I guess that makes sense because we had All in the Family, you know? I'll ask my friend Beryl when I see her tonight. She's from Britain. I'll ask her if she what she knows about this one. Yeah, the, the she guy. she knew Billy Bunter. <laughs> right. The, uh, the Archie character, his name is Alf in this one so yeah ask if she knows alf from till death us do part and i mean i bet you dollars to donuts that she does i bet she does too <laughs> so this show was created by uh johnny i looked up his name see it looks like johnny spite 
but I, I looked up the pronunciation and I forget. Spate, maybe? P-A-I-G-H-T, spite. The, uh, the YouTube comments have got me uh, off balance or whatever. Yeah, it's like either we have episodes that don't get a lot of views, and that's fine because just nobody watched them, but then we get those ones that do have a lot of views, and then you get the weird old busybodies coming out of the woodwork. You're not a real fan. You don't know. Well, I'll admit right off the bat, I'm not a real fan, and I don't know. I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. Spate. Spate. So if it's not Johnny Spate, it's not my fault, YouTube. <laughs> YouTube itself told me that that's how you pronounce it. So anyway, created by Johnny Spate, who wrote for a bunch of radio and television programs, you know, started in radio, moved on to TV, and uh, when he passed away in 1998, they basically retired this ALF character, so that was probably the only reason the show ended. <laughs> you know, they would have brought it back again, it just seems like it always came back. So it's uh, ALF, his uh, wife Elsie, his daughter Rita, and her socialist layabout husband Mike. So those are... The, again, the scenario is exactly the same as All in the Family. Oh, and it's a similar thing, too, of, you know, we were saying with All in the Family how it's like people didn't, not everybody was in on the joke, you know? Some people were, and some people, you know, disliked Archie Bunker purely just on a surface level because he said all these terrible things. So it was somewhat of the other side of the coin in England where this Johnny Spate dude said, uh, according to interviews he gave, the fact that some viewers overlooked Alf's racist views and regarded him as a rough diamond disappointed Spate. <laughs> so people liked him too much. They're like, ah, he's a good old guy, that, that asshole Alf, bigot jerk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's just kind of funny, because even that's like that, uh, the duality of all in the family, the uh, conservative versus the progressive guy. It's like that on the world stage, like America was in the throes of let's be progressive and I don't like those things that he said. And British England was still like, I do like those things he said. <laughs> and this was just uh, somewhat strange. I don't really know how to explain this, but I just thought it was interesting that in interviews, Spate explained that he had originally based Alf on his father, an East End docker who was staunchly reactionary and held unenlightened attitudes toward black people. Spite made clear that he regretted that his father held such attitudes, which Spite regarded as reprehensible, and Spite saw the show as a way of ridiculing such views and dealing with his complex feelings about his father. So that makes sense, you know, why, of course, you know, it's the father in the show, it's his father in real life, makes sense. But then some dude wrote a book about the history of Till Death Us Do Part, and in his research he found that uh, Mr. Spite was a hard-working, working-class East End docker who was very polite to everyone he met, no matter their background. <laughs> and he's talking about the father. Right. But I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, like, I mean, I feel like I am more inclined to believe Johnny because, you know, even if the dad is one of these Archie Bunker ALF-type characters in real life, you know, you're still going to probably be relatively personable and friendly and be a nice person. And if someone comes sniffing around asking about you for a book, you know, the neighborhood's not going to go like, yep, he's a real asshole. They're going to say like, nah, salt of the earth, that guy. So. Well, and people feel that way about Archie Bunker in that in the show, Archie Bunker. Right. Archie's well-liked down at the bar, and I'm sure he's well-liked at the docks where he works or wherever he works. I think it's docks. I don't know where he works, actually. Uh, but he's probably very well liked among those people that he works with. They're, they were of a generation that those beliefs were perfectly acceptable. 
Yeah, so it's safe to say in a way, kind of both things, <laughs> probably true. So uh, I found the first episode, series one, episode one. It is called, for anyone who wants to watch along, it's called Arguments, Arguments. But then I also found this other thing that I thought was kind of interesting while we're watching this. Instead of a second episode of this show, a bunch of the episodes are missing. At least a dozen of them are gone. And it's just one of those things that's so disappointing in the Wikipedia entry where it's like, you know, all these episodes are gone because in the 70s they were just erased and, yeah, you know... purging. Yeah. yeah. And they just say, as was the policy at the time. And I was just thinking how, you know, there's so many things in life where there's the two sides of the story all the way down to this guy's dad or whatever. Like, you can always see the other side of something. No matter how terrible it is, you can go like, oh, I can see why they thought that or why that happened or try to see the other side. One of the very few things in life where you can just unequivocally say that was a boneheaded decision, that was absolutely the wrong thing to do, is to just delete a bunch of your TV shows, BBC, you fucking morons. It just makes me so mad every time I read that, because it's just the dumbest, most short-sighted. Like, they should just round up whoever was responsible for those decisions, and if they're still alive, like, I don't know, just like whip them or something not real hard but just enough even if they're 99 years old just like you stupid dick you know <laughs> i don't know maybe that's maybe it makes no sense but it's just there i i mean there's just literally no reason to do that no upside whatsoever except oh we don't have a lot of room on the shelves for the canisters for these and we are so narrow-minded that we can't foresee a future where this would ever be a useful thing to have what assholes? Anyway, <laughs> the reason I'm bringing that up is the BBC later, this is a good example of making, a, you know, taking a just purely bad situation and making something neat out of it. They had this uh, little series. They only did like three of these, but they took scripts for old lost TV shows and they reenacted them with new actors. So they did, uh, oh man, what was Sanford and Son called in England? It was called um, uh, Steptoe and Son. And they did a Hancock's Half Hour, and they did a Till Death Us Do Part. They just did one episode of each of these from, like, 2016. So I've got that. So we can watch a real one, and then we can watch a 2016 reenacting of a lost episode. Because uh, why not? It's just a neat thing that I stumbled upon. Sure. Let's, uh, and then we can compare the reenactments with the original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the only thing that's... The other thing that's weird about this deleting the episodes... It's like, I guess I should just be thankful that they didn't delete all of them, right? Yeah, like could, if, yes, because there are some of these things that we've watched in the past, and they are all gone, except maybe one. Yeah, so, because even just pulling this up here, I'm just like, why am I looking at this? I feel lucky that I have this, <laughs> if that was their policy. Although, apparently, too, like I was reading that, um, they did kind of like a drive for a bunch of these shows to uh, go like reach out to private collectors and stuff and just try to find the lost episodes of these shows so i think they found like three till death us two parts that were just in the collections of people so you know you never know there's always stuff out there it could at any time someone could find it but yeah i guess i'm just i guess it's just lucky that the people who enacted that policy were clearly so half-assed at their job that they only half-deleted things. They didn't... You know, it's a good thing they weren't more diligent or they would have deleted every goddamn thing. Hug. 
Well, I guess I'd say, yeah, if you happen to be, uh, say you're a, just say for instance you're a YouTube person, you were fucking dicking around on YouTube, and you're like, oh, till death do us part, let's go watch this YouTube video. I love that show, it's my favorite show. You should click off right now. Don't even listen to this. You're not gonna like anything <laughs> that we have to say. <laughs> so, if you're a huge fan, of Till Death Us Do Part. I I'm serious, get the fuck out of here, because I hated that show. <laughs> I fucking hated it. That's the worst thing we have ever watched. And we've done like, what, 90 episodes of this? We've watched some, some lame shit, <laughs> you know, and just our random stuff, watching the history of television. But man, I, there's no redeeming quality to that whatsoever, except that it was the inspiration for All in the Family. <laughs> like, brutal, right? Holy fuck. No, it's terrible. Those, at least those two episodes we watched were. Yeah, yikes. All right, oh. so, so I mean, the first one, I was trying to give it the benefit of the doubt because it's obviously quite old. The sound quality, you know, again, we've, we've heard worse, but it was a little tinny, a little hard. So, so that made it extra tough for our dumb North American brains to uh, understand because it, it has that same thing like Billy Bunter had where they talk really fast, you know, really quick. But this was not like witty banter. This was just the most boneheaded yelling. It's just them yelling, literally for like we were saying how all in the family, there's these constant little um, butting heads between the son-in-law and Archie Bunker. But like, yeah, they, like 20 seconds they argue and then they move on. You know, it's clear they don't agree, but they don't belabor it. Nine and a half minutes, they just yelled at each other about... Something about the parties. The Labor the Party parties. and the Tories. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> We could barely make out what they were saying. Now that was that could be our fault because we couldn't understand the accents. They right. they were really really thick. Which again, I mean, I guess there's no way around it because yeah, if you're gonna. But I was willing to try to listen and try to not catch every word that they were saying, but the the gist of what they were saying. But it went nowhere. Yeah, like and again like if you're if you're going to portray this character like they obviously need to have the legitimate accents and stuff. You know, obviously it's not a show for us. It's a show for British people of 1965. But but yeah, even that, even just getting the surface level of it. Like I was saying too while we were watching it, like in halfway through episode 1, I'm tired of listening to this guy and his blowhard rhetoric yeah. cuz it's not it's just, yeah, it's just, it's like, you know, people like that in real life, but they're just the most boring people in the world. Why would I want to watch a TV show about this? <laughs> and then they changed the scene, the setting, to, to the, the bar. Yeah. And, uh, okay, I thought, well, maybe there'll be something happen here. But, no, it just it was continual yelling. And, and also, because this kind of carried on to the second episode, too, childish. Like, not at all clever. It's like, so he gets in an argument with his son-in-law, and the son-in-law goes to the pub. So why, why then does Alf have to immediately follow him to the same pub? I don't know, but he does. And then he deliberately sits where they're trying to play darts. Well, it's a public house, isn't it? I can sit where I want. It's just like, fuck off. He re refuses you. to move, even though he knows <laughs> yeah. that the bunch of, and they're drunk. Like, there's nothing They want to play, and no, he won't, he, he won't move. Like, and not only, I mean, I do think he was the more annoying, but... Because I said this too about um, what is uh, Meathead's name again? I always forget. In all, in, the in all of it, Mike Stivic. Mike. Okay. Was this guy Mike also? This guy is also Mike's? Mike. Okay, so they're both Mike. So the thing too with the Mike character, not as annoying, but still, like I mentioned with with all in the family, it's like yeah, but he is also annoying in his own way. And the same thing here, it made me think how 
Uh, Norman Lear was saying he saw this show and it reminded him of his relationship with his father. And obviously Johnny Spate, who made this show based on his father. I wonder in both those cases, if either of those guys ever took a step back and realized like, yeah, maybe my dad was a bit of a handful, but I'm also annoying. Like, if this reminds you of your relationship with your dad, you're fucking annoying. My relationship with my dad was not like that, even remotely. Well, and and Mike Stivick in All in the Family, yeah, he's, he, he's a bit of annoying, but you kind of like him because he is representative. He really is, he's, he's representative of the young men of that time who were very liberal-minded and... Uh, like to smoke dope and marched for rights and justice and all that stuff. I never got that impression from the young man in the first show of Till Death Do, Do Us Part. I just found him annoying. Like he he's he's so cute. Yeah. He, and and he played that cute act. And uh, no, I didn't find he was nearly as uh, likable or dislikable as Mike Stivick. Mike Stivick was like every man. This guy's just like a young man living at home. Didn't I wasn't impressed. Now, and, well, I was going to say too. In the way, all in the family, uh, its scenario was very clear. Like here's this archetype. Here's this archetype. Now they butt heads. The way they did that in this British version was just to. It's like banging your head against a wall. Where the dad Alf is just constantly. Ah, the Tories and the Labour, blah, blah, blah. And then the Mike guy is just, ah, what are you on about? He said that three fucking times. <laughs> Say something else, you dimwit. <laughs> like, Jesus. That's not an argument. That's not a debate. That's not a stance. That's not a take. That's not anything. And then the third scene change, which you mentioned, reminded you so much of Andy Cap. Yeah. Exactly. Except, it was exactly like Andy Cap. it was latter-day... Andy Cap when it wasn't funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but even Andy Cap, you get a little, little four, four, maybe five little panels of, of a joke of coming home drunk. This, the, 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 I don't know how many minutes was, probably 10 minutes of them just being drunk at home. Like, yeah. And there was no, no rhyme or reason to it or any commentary or anything that came out of that. It was just coming home drunk. I guess the one thing is that, uh, you know, you've got these two men from this, these different generations that have uh, diametrically opposed politics, but once they've been hanging out at the pub and they're drunk together, ah, that's uh, they're all the same in the end. They kind of get along, and now it's more the two drunken guys versus the women of the house just you know, yeah. <laughs> turns into a different, equally stupid fucking <laughs> paradigm. But then... The remake. Holy crap. Yeah, that first episode was a masterpiece compared to this. <laughs> now, I'd like to say, so still, for the record, technically, I'm still very opposed to getting rid of old TV shows. That was a crazy thing to do. But, man, if, if there has ever been less lost than that episode, <laughs> I don't know what it could possibly be. That was one of the worst pieces of television I've ever seen in my life. And in this case... They did, uh, you know, it was more modern tech, the sound was clearer, and they did speak in a much more enunciating, sort of easier to understand way. I understood every word this time, and it, I, it wasn't worth it. Like, at least in that first episode, in the haze and the kind of cloud of the accent and the quick, the quick talking, you can at least imagine maybe something clever is going on in there that I'm missing, where in the remake one, it was so evident that every word of that was a waste of everyone's time what a terrible script 
just awful. And if I had to choose between the two ALFs, the ALF from Black and White 1965 version and ALF 2016 remake version, I could not stand that man at all in that remake. What a whiny yeah. character. They offer him fish and chips. I didn't get one your fish and chips. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying how uh, I don't remember which episode of The Simpsons it is. Like, I couldn't find the clip, but there is this episode where Bart's dressed up like a uh, like a, a fancy businessman, and he's just angry that his dinner's not ready. Where's my dinner? That's what that was. It was this The Simpsons making fun of an old sitcom, but for real. The whole episode was that his wife was out at the pictures, and how dare her lady leave the house and stuff, so his dinner was ruined. And the whole episode was him whining about his yeah. dinner. But even if he wanted to kind of have words with her for going out, because obviously he's a, he's the dom domineering partner there, and she's not supposed to have a life of her own. But he whined and whined and whined about everything. Uh, if I'd had a gun, I'd shoot that man. <laughs> yeah, I certainly right. wouldn't be married to anything like that. Whereas the guy from 1965, black and white virgin, yeah, you know, you could see a lot of women being connected up with men like that, but like that new guy? Ugh. Yeah, I, I surely, I wonder, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I wonder how the show progressed, because like it seems weird if they're going to remake it, they're obviously trying to stick with the spirit of it. So is that what ALF devolved into? Just being, because again, we were talking earlier today just, just uh, about nothing in particular, just that you were watching um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And, and yes, yeah, just it is. It's that similar idea of the way Larry David focuses on these little details that no one else would even care about, and he makes it into you know a giant to do. This was similar, but but you couldn't do it more poorly. Like with Larry David, it's funny. It's like ah, it's funny that he's so obsessed with these little things, and he's making it. He's going crazy over this dumb stuff where this guy is going crazy over this dumb stuff, but it legitimately is just like a stupid man getting upset over dumb stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not clever. It's not funny. Yeah, he doesn't. He hasn't. He hasn't any witticisms to make about it, or any commentary, or anything. He just sits there and whines and whines and whines. The only time, because again, yeah, that's where now that I could totally follow everything, I had my little personal mental tally of like how long until the first joke happens. Because every once in a while, there's a a little patter of uh, laughter from the audience, but it's purely, uh, you know, just the uh, give and take of an audience in a sitcom. They're just following the sitcom rhythms. No one's laughing because it's funny, because it's not fucking funny. No, obviously you can only see the big laugh, laugh, laugh lights. Yeah. The only time I would even consider any of the lines in that to count as a joke is he's got this annoying tiresome run of trying to use the call box to get in touch with people and you can't get the number and blah 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 and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and then when he gets out of the call box complaining about how how hard of a time he's having telephoning someone he's like ah this damn labor government like again it's just his same thing he always says but i thought that was mildly funny because it has it's so unrelated to what just happened to him it's a little bit funny that whenever he has frustrations in his life it's the government's fault that's the closest thing to a joke in that whole half hour. And that was it. There was not even a runner-up. That was the only thing. And, I mean, you can just think, that barely counts. I'm reaching here. <laughs> yeah. Man, I honestly think that is the worst thing. I know I've said this before. 
but I can't think of what. Like, like I guess the thing I brought up as we were watching it is we did watch back in the earlier days of this podcast a show called The Larkins that I remember you liked more than I did, but it was... Uh, but what I didn't like about it is that it, it wasn't entertaining to me. It wasn't fun. It was just a dour British family. But it was a fucking trip to Disneyland compared to this. Because this was just literally an annoying family. And, and yeah, man, you know, uh, rest in peace, Johnny Spate, but you're not a clever man. These jokes are not clever. They are like, when they said in the episode, like, hey, so childish. Like, he, he literally is. It's like babies <laughs> that are somehow grown up and dressed in clothes and own a house. It's just... <laughs> so anyway, uh, apologies to all British people who might be listening to this. Because again, it, these things, you know, they just get in the cultural DNA. It's just like, oh, it's a classic. It's Spike Milligan. It's whatever. It's just, it was always on TV. It's an institution. Sometimes this shit just isn't any good. And I'm sorry to be the one to tell you that the Emperor's not wearing any clothes, but that show is shit. No. And to even compare it to All in the Family, I yeah. find it's an insult to All in the Family. We watched two back-to-back episodes of uh, All in the Family last week. Both of them were excellent. The interaction uh, between the actors, the the pace, the the jokes, the, it, it was excellent. This, no comparison. And yeah, I mean, and obviously too, that's not commonly the case. Most of the time, the British version is better. But I guess there's an exception to every rule. <laughs> this is it, man. This is the one. Oof. So yeah, anyway, again, uh, leave an angry comment. I mean, we've earned it this time. <laughs> You're right to be mad, because I, I, I got nothing nice to say. Not even one thing. Join us next week for <laughs> our, our next hatchet job to a beloved classic. A, till death do us part, well, we're giving the death knell to this one. Yeah, yikes. Oof. Oh, I couldn't believe how bad that was. I was expecting something. <laughs> and it's like it's like the pressure building up to you, right? I think that's maybe also why this is an extra agitated review or whatever, right? It's like we're just waiting and waiting and waiting for the episode to be over. And it's like, okay, well, let's watch the remake. That'll be fine. And then waiting and waiting and waiting for that one to finish. It's like the pressure is built up. We just have to like, blah! <laughs> Shut up, Alf, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Shut up.